Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that move, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week, and we're talking player development as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 302. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Mike Quick, Eagles legend, color commentator for 94 WIP, and just an all-around great guy. And we'll talk about the Eagles coaching search, but what I really want to hit on with Mike is the process of player development. Mike was an NFL wide receiver for a long time. He's been around the game for obviously even longer, and I want to talk to him about what it takes to get better and why you can't always just know what a guy is or isn't after a one-year sample, sometimes even a two-year sample. So we'll talk all about that with Mike Quick, and obviously with a focus on the wide receiver position. After that, when we wrap the show, we're going to hit on the players that the Eagles signed to some futures contracts over the last couple of weeks. But before we get going with Chalk Talk, just a couple of things that I wanted to hit on. Number one, we are not going anywhere. My plan is to release two of these podcasts a week throughout the offseason. And in case you missed last week's episode with Ben Fennel, which was actually a really fun one, our 2020 All-Pro team, uh, here's how I plan on scripting out these shows. The early week episode, like the one that you're listening to right now, that will be our Chalk Talk episode where I bring a guest on, we talk some football, whether it's about a specific scheme or philosophy, position-specific topics, really any kind of big-picture theme with the game, we will do that early in the week here on Chalk Talk. Then, in our late week episodes, that's going to be our scouting report episode. And I made that analogy last week to almost like a book club. Basically, what we'll do is we'll get together with a guest. Typically, it'll be Ben Fennel, And we'll watch a specific player or a specific team in an aspect of situational football. Some kind of cut up. And then we'll get back together and we'll share those thoughts right here on the show. And my plan is to share the topic for the next week on this week's show. So that way, if you guys at home want to watch the same film as us, you can go on to NFL Game Pass, you can go watch it, have your own takeaways, and then you can share them with us. And so this week, what we're going to do later this week is we're going to watch all of the Green Bay Packers' explosive runs from the regular season. I think we cut it off at 10-plus yard runs. So uh, it was like 49 total runs. We'll watch them. Ben and I are going to watch them separately. It'll be fun to kind of share our takeaways from that and see what we pull from watching those clips. So whether it's going to be scheme-related, whether it's traits-related, offensive line, running backs, it'll be fun just kind of breaking that down. And we'll do it all throughout the offseason. Pick a specific player, a specific team, a scheme. It'll be a lot of fun. So uh, I'm excited for it. Hope you guys are excited for it. If you've got some thoughts, if you want to share your takeaways, if you've got any kind of suggestions on what you want us to touch on, you know where to go. You go to our Apple podcast page. And uh, if you haven't yet, please jump on there, jump on to Apple podcast, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. It's the best way to throw us your support. Number one. And then number two, Look, it's during the offseason. I'm an open book. I say it every single time. If you've got questions about the Eagles or about the game, an X's and O's topic, uh, something that you want covered here on the show, the queue is wide open. You can jump on there, and we will take all of your suggestions. We will answer all of your questions. Uh, so go on our Apple Podcast page, leave us that rating, leave us a comment, and we've got you covered 
all year round right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Also, for those of you who are into the NFL draft, please go check out the Journey to the Draft podcast as well. The Senior Bowl, just a week away. The underclassmen deadline, literally today, Monday, as I'm releasing this podcast. We've been getting you ready for these milestones for the last few weeks, the last few months. But if you want to get up to speed, now is the time. Go on to our Journey to the Draft podcast page, hit the subscribe button, and I'll tell you what, a lot of the more recent episodes you can go and still listen to them. They're still pretty evergreen. Whether you want to know all the big-name underclassmen who have already declared for the draft, or if you want to know who the big names are that are going down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl next week, or if you just want to know the players that really helped themselves the most over the course of the college football playoffs, me, Ben Fennel, Dane Brugler, Ross Tucker, twice a week we've been going there on the Journey to the Draft podcast driven by AAA. And guess what? Uh, we're going to be daily next week for the Senior Bowl. So uh, you can find that wherever podcast can be found. That being said, let's get this show started. It's time to dive into our show now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Well, excited to be joined this week here on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade by my friend, Mike Quick. Mike, uh, how is the offseason treating you, sir? Friend, it's good, but you know, the, the season, it always ends so sudden and you know, you get used to being on that wheel where like every Monday it's the same, Tuesday, Wednesday, you get on a regular routine. And then when you jump off of that, you kind of have to find yourself all over again. So that's that's the process that I'm in right now. Well, something tells me that that process, that that wheel that you found yourself in now has to do with uh, some links on the golf course, you know, a few tee times here and there. Uh, I'm sure that uh, you are more than enjoying yourself. But uh, as you know, it's been a, a very busy start to the offseason for the Eagles, uh, you know, making the decision to part ways with head coach Doug Peterson. Uh, I want to ask you one question about this before we move on to the real topic that, you know, that I wanted to discuss with you. And that's what are you hoping to see? with the new head coach in your mind, what are the priorities for him and for his staff? So I think one of the main things is um, a disciplined team. Hmm. You know, this team has a lot of talent um, and they're going to need more talent for sure. But one of the problems that I had with this team this year is I thought that there was a lack of discipline that continued to hurt this team week in and week out. And uh, someone who's going to, make sure that guys hold or old guys feet to the fire, that they're disciplined football team and they're doing things the right way. I just, I'm one who believes that if you're doing things the right way, then you're going to have good results. Mm. And I think it a lot begins right there. Yeah. You could point to a lot of different reasons, whether it's the turnovers, the penalties. Uh, I think that plays to your point for sure. Um, so changing gears now to the big reason I wanted you to come on and that's, I want to talk about player development and in doing that, I kind of want to start with you and your career going back uh, to early on when you first made the jump into the league. When did you feel that you first made that big jump, I guess, as a player? When did the light really go on for you in the NFL? I'm sure it happened in stages, but when did that first leap happen for you? So my big year in the league was my second year in the league. But friend, quite honestly, I don't think that was the time. I think it was probably in the third year. And I know a lot of people talking about the second year in the league is the year that uh, most guys make their biggest leap. And statistically, that was certainly true for me. But I thought it was probably my third year when I really started to understand, you know, my position and my assignment and how it related to the other assignments on the field, as well as what was going on on the other side of the ball and why Mm -hmm. I was doing the things that I was doing to make 
the play successful. You know, it's funny you say that because I feel like I always kind of go back to, it was right around a year ago, Patrick Mahomes was before he uh, was Super Bowl MVP and they won their title out in Kansas City. He was doing a media session. He was like, yeah, like I didn't really know how to read defenses until very recently. Like he went through this whole season where he was (laughs) the MVP and you know, you think like, oh, this guy's got it all figured out. No, he's like still trying to figure things out in terms of being able to read defenses. And uh, that was in his third year. I think looking at uh, that example, there are plenty of others that we can kind of refer to, but I guess that this is my next question for you off of that. What are you doing in that first year? Tell us, tell the listeners, what are you kind of, what's going through your mind on a down-by-down basis as you're getting ready for the snap? Listen, everything is moving so fast. (laughs) So you you really don't know what's going on out there. So, you you know, I'm trying to run my route. I'm trying to understand, like, um, the guy in front of me and the guy, you know, if there are two guys there, trying to understand how they're trying to position to play me. But that's pretty much all I could see. Because everything was going – everything was moving in such a blur – I only focused on the cornerback, and if there's a safety on my side, that safety. And I really didn't really focus on anything else mm. because I just, you know, when you're young, when you're fresh in the league, you're it's a, it's an uptight situation, and you want to do everything right, but you don't even really understand what's right yet. And I, I guess too, when you're doing a lot of that thinking that's going to keep you from playing fast too, right? You're, you're, you're constantly Absolutely. thinking whether, whether it's your steps in your route, so trying to think through catching the football, uh, that's going to lead to drops. And we, we, we've talked about this before, but uh, I think that that's such a, such a big part of it. It's not just a receiver. It's at every position, right? Yeah, it's every little detail that you're trying to hold on to, the, your instructions and everything that you've been taught in the training camps. You know, all of these things you're trying to process, but and, and at the same time, You've got all of these fast-moving bodies around you, and it's a little bit crazy sometimes early on. And it does take some time. And I hear so many people talk about how things start to slow down. But that's really what happened. You start to kind of crystallize what's happening on the field and how you fit in what's happening on the field, where you need to be and how you need to maneuver the guy that you're playing against to get the best position to get leverage on the guy that you're playing against. Was there like a teammate or an assistant coach that kind of helped you along though, that you feel like uh, this guy really kind of helped propel me to that next level? So I think it was a couple of things, you know, having uh, Harold Carmichael there and being able to watch him in my first two years. And then I had, I was fortunate enough to have a couple of other receivers in the fold that were smart guys that knew things that I didn't know. I would talk to them. I was very fortunate that there were guys into me, the things that I really didn't quite understand. When I even became the starting guy, having backup guys who unselfish, they would look at what's happening on the field and let me know, Hey, watch this safety. He's doing this or this corner. When he plays to you inside, he's doing whatever he's doing. So Mm. Having guys like that on my team, that was very helpful for me. 
So you've been around this team for a long time. You've talked to young receivers at every stage of it and, and worked with them a bit. Are those some of the things that, uh, you know, for those guys coming out of college that they still need help with? Are there other things now uh, just in today's NFL, today's game of college football uh, that you feel like, you know, almost universally that those guys, hey, you know, they need some pointers here and there in this area of the game? So I think all of the guys, um, there are some guys who come out really polished, but then most guys need some type of help on, you know, the route running, um, being able to set up a cornerback and maneuver the, the cornerback, you know, have him thinking you're going left when you're going right. You know, a lot of these type of things is the things that I see that once guys are in the league, they still need work and help with. I want to transition to to this receiving core now because there's so many young players uh, in this group, and I think there's a lot of interesting uh, discussion points that you can have with all of them, with a lot of the stuff uh, that you and I are saying. And we'll start, I guess, with Jalen Rager. And I want to kind of get your thoughts on what you saw from him this year in his rookie year. Obviously, uh, hurt by injury through the middle of the season, he was kind of banged up throughout. But uh, what did you see most, or what did you see from Jalen, and where do you think that he needs to kind of improve most here? Going, making that jump from year one to year two? I think he can be really explosive. I like, to, I like his ability to catch the ball. Um, I, I like the speed that he brings to the table. And, you know, with, with, with a ball in his hands, I think that's where we're going to see the most excitement out of Jalen. I think he's going to be excellent runner after the catch. Mm-hmm. Now, the route running, there are things that he's going to have to work on. And I'm sure that they've Already, they're already working with him on some of the things and, you know, the, the stemming of routes, the thing that I talked about earlier, learning how to set up a cornerback and then press coverage, making sure that when you release, you don't release too wide. You make sure you're staying tight to that corner and making it, making it tough on the corner to make his turn. And even when you're trying to go deep on a guy, making sure that you make it a real tight maneuver so that it's more difficult for that guy to turn and keep up with you. What excites me most about Jalen is I feel like this game, you know, obviously there are certain offenses that are vertical offenses, downfield throws, but I feel like this game, especially with the way that a lot of offenses are operating right now in the NFL, and we'll see what kind of offense the Eagles are operating here in 2021, but it's becoming more of a horizontal game in my mind. I feel like you're, you know, whether it's the use of play action, the use of the screen game, the use of, uh, you know, jet sweeps and all the backfield actions, and that allows for those guys that are yards after catch weapons. Hey, we're going to get you the ball fast. Now let's see you kind of do work. And I feel I agree with you that that's where Jalen, to me, is the most exciting is get him the the, the ball in his fa- hands fast and let him kind of use that speed. I think his speed showed up at times you know, as a deep threat, but, and he's shown the ability to track the football over his shoulder and all that. I, he can do that, but I really right. like his ability. You know, quick game, uh, you know, RPOs, screen game. Let's get him the ball fast and let him make plays. That's where I think that explosiveness and that power, honestly, that he's got in his body uh, really kind of comes to the forefront. And I think that's a, that's a big reason why they made him the number one draft pick because of that versatility, that ability to do so many different things. And, you know, in the offense with Doug Peterson, you know, we have to go back to Doug because that's when they drafted him. When Doug Peterson likes to run all of these gadget things that you just just talked about, I think he's a perfect fit for that stuff. And you're right. The horizontal passing game is so big now. Catching the ball early, run after the catch. And, yes, he is a good fit for what the Eagles like to do. 
so it's going to be interesting because this is a, a really young receiving core, especially look, the Eagles are going to have to make some choices here, um, you know, decide what to do with Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, so on. But yep. you look at Travis Fulgham, you look at John Hightower, Quez Watkins, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, some young players, you know, rookies, second and third year guys. How do you kind of view the rest of this receiving core? And uh, who are the guys in your mind that you're most excited to see? You know, we'll see what the spring looks like, but going into the summer and into the fall. Well, you know, as you said, we don't know about Deshaun or Alshon. So I'll just talk about the younger guys. And John Hightower, I think, has a lot of ability. I think he has tremendous ability. I think John Hightower is a kid that is a kid, and he has to grow up. And I think as he grows up and matures and really becomes a man, I think he could be a really good receiver in this league. But he's got to – He's, that ha- that needs to happen fast because the league doesn't wait for you. You know, mm-hmm. these games will come around before you know it. You're back into the rhythm of football, and he has all the tools to be a good receiver. Quez Watkins, I'm sold on. And I think, um, you know, we saw it in the one screen where Quez Watkins took it the distance to score a touchdown. Sure. Well, I think that that's what we saw in him out of college, that that's what he can do. He's another guy getting the football into his hands. He can make things happen, be it in the return game or screen game, jets motion. And, you know, as a slot receiver, I think he could be an outstanding slot receiver. It's going to be really, really interesting just to watch those two guys develop, the two rookies. Uh, any thoughts on just Travis Fogum? Obviously, those I are think the two, but those, those are the two guys that I'm, that I'm highest on. Yeah. But I also, you know, I look at what, what Fogum did for that one month. Sure. And I don't think it's a fluke. I think that teams start to understand and and start to know his name. And once they know your name, once they understand what you bring, then they're going to try and take those things away. So he is a guy that has to make sure that he's working hard to be the best player that he can be, to try to stay on top, to try to to try to become a starter and remain in that position. But you can't relax because there's always someone trying to take your job in this business. And I think if he works hard, he can develop into a quality uh, mid-range target and certainly a guy that, that you can count on in the red zone area. And that's what, to me, like the, what makes that group, you know, we just talked about five different guys so interesting is that you know a lot of people talk about building a receiving core like you're building a basketball team in terms of all the different body types and skill sets yes when you look at Jalen Rager, who, you know, he could be your quick strike guy in terms of uh, his ability to be a catch and run threat. Uh, Travis Fulgham, big body. J.J. Ortega, Whiteside, big body, jump ball, dirty work, you know, go go up and play above the rim. Uh, Quez Watkins in high tower with that vertical ability. Greg Ward in the middle of the field and all those got to have it plays, third and six, third and seven. You've got a variety of skill sets. It's a matter of who is able to make that next jump? Who is going to have that ability to have that staying power? And I'm interested to see ultimately how these guys uh, continue to develop, and we'll see if they continue to bring in any competition, whether it's through veterans in free agency or through the NFL draft. It's going to be fun to watch this. Well, it, and I think you forgot to mention, uh, his name escapes me, but the Eagles signed him from the 49ers. He decided to opt out this season. Yeah, Another guy with tremendous speed, um, Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin, yeah. That's right. So Marquise Goodwin coming back and adding to – and see, he's an experienced guy. Yeah. And when you bring in an experienced guy that's kind of with those guys, 
that that's one of the reasons why I kind of would like to see one of the two guys around Alshon or Deshaun just because of the experience that they have and the mm-hmm. things that the young receivers could learn from them. But, Interesting. But, but with Marquise possibly on the roster or at least working in training camp with these guys, they'll start to learn some things that even the coaching staff won't teach you because you, you when you've got guys there that know what they're doing, they've done it before, there's just a lot more that you learn. Mike, I'm going to ask you one question. I'm going to let you run. Who are your favorite receivers in the NFL to watch right now? Because there's so many different body types and skill sets uh, with that group as well. Who are the guys that are just your favorite to watch uh, work every Sunday? Oh, that's a really good question. And um, so Michael Thomas is one of my favorite guys to watch. I just think he's really good. Um, uh, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, just a phenomenal receiver. And because of what Metcalf is starting to do, Metcalf, to me, if he's playing, I want to watch him because I want to see what he does. I think he's, he's, uh, he's another Terrell Owens type of body that can really dominate a game and dominate a secondary. Sure. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. He is, to me, must-see TV. When he's playing, I want to watch him play. Yeah, I mean, when you talked to when you watched him at Ole Miss, you could see the ability. It's a, it's just a, it's a shame for him that uh, the medical concerns were what they were with him coming out. Otherwise, he would have been uh, a very high draft choice for sure. Mike, uh, fun as always to catch up with you. Really appreciate you taking a few minutes of time uh, between rounds, between tea times here uh, during the uh, during the early <laughs> part of the offseason. But uh, we will talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks so much. Friends, always fun to be with you. Take care. Experience the fastest internet and more in a snap. With Xfinity XFi, you get the speed, the coverage, the control, and the security that you need for the ultimate in-home Wi-Fi experience. Xfinity, proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, great stuff there from Mike Quick, who you can follow just like I do, at MikeQuick6 on Twitter. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at Eagles Entertainment. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That's one way to support the show. But the best way is to go on an Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating and leave us a comment. I wanted to give a shout out today who did exactly that. Right him, longtime listener, left a five-star review saying, hey, friend, great season of the show. Congrats on the 300th episode. All of your success with this podcast as well as the Journey of the Draft podcast. Thank you. Well, really, really appreciate that. said, I wanted to ask if during the offseason, if you could discuss with previous coach or a player the art of building a playbook from start to finish as well as the adjustments that go into managing it. And uh, write him. That is a great Great question, and I think it's something that we will definitely hit on here over the course of the offseason. I'm sure I can find uh, a former coach, former offensive coordinator that can come on and kind of uh, spill the secrets in terms of how he would try and build a game plan, um, for, for not even a game plan, but a playbook from start to finish. There is a difference there, uh, and we will hit on that uh, in that topic. And it's something that's a, a ever-evolving document for sure when you talk to any kind of offensive coach. So uh, that'll be a discussion we will definitely have here on the show. Then Again, if you guys have any kind of suggestions, requests, anything you want covered that's all you got to do jump on the apple podcast and we will fill out that request right and we will have an episode this off season all about uh building a playbook from scratch thanks so much to write him appreciate the question appreciate the support over on our apple podcast page again the queue is empty you can jump in right now and get to the front of the line for our episode here just in a few days where ben and i will be covering uh the green bay packers run game you could jump in 
We will answer your question right there in that show. So uh, I told you guys at the top that I would get into some of these futures contracts that the Eagles signed uh, players to over the course of the last couple of weeks since the end of the season. So we'll hit on that real quick. Starting on the offensive side, uh, running back Elijah Holyfield was with the team going back to, I think he, he, he signed with the Eagles late in the 2019 season, spent the entire 2020 offseason, was there in training camp, had been on the practice squad all year long. So uh, this is a big physical runner. He is thick. He is muscular. He's got the ability to attack downhill. That's kind of his skill set. Was not able to crack into the 53-man the roster throughout the course of this fall here in 2020. We'll see if he can compete for that job uh, here going into 2021. At wide receiver, you got Deontay Burnett, who uh, has been with the team now for a couple of years, former undrafted free agent out of USC. I would say a similar skill set to a Greg Ward. He's you know really slick in and out of breaks. I like his ability as a route runner. He's made some great catches both in games and in practice. So we'll see if he can continue to build off some of that momentum and earn a roster spot going into this team here in 2021. He has been a, a nice player whenever he's gotten the opportunity. At wide receiver as well, a little bit of a, uh, a projection here with Khalil Tate coming out of Arizona. Now, he initially signed with the team at, uh, early in the summer last year after the NFL draft. So Khalil Tate was a college quarterback with the Arizona Wildcats, made that move to wide receiver. Very similar story, obviously, to Greg Ward and what he's done here with the Eagles. Tate now jumping back into the Eagles, uh, getting another opportunity here to try and compete, make that transition to the wide receiver position. So we'll see uh, what he can do this offseason. And you talk about player projections. we got a couple more here at tight end. First off, you've got Hakeem Butler, who did get some time with the Eagles here this season in the regular season. We saw uh, against the New York Giants, a couple other games as well. When he was coming out, six foot five, 227 pounds. He was a fourth round pick just in 2019. So we're talking just a couple of NFL drafts ago. And I, one of my blurbs I wrote down about him, just size and strength to win at the catch point, had athletic limitations and is not gifted enough at the catch point to overcome those, those uh, limitations. That was with him as a wide receiver. Now you're talking about him as a tight end. And uh, I felt like, hey, look, this is a guy that could be a jump ball threat. He would need to prove that he could play special teams. But you're talking about a guy at six foot five with that athleticism at the tight end position. Well, now you're seeing he, he could be a, a potential matchup player. And I think you could look at the same, say the same thing about Tyree Jackson, former undrafted free agent quarterback out of Buffalo. He declared for the draft as a junior a couple of years ago. Obviously did not make it as a quarterback, so now he's trying to make the move to tight end. So the Eagles have a, a handful of position uh, position switches here so far on the offensive side of the ball. Some projects that they will try and groom here this summer. Now, uh, let's go to the defensive side. Some names that we know. You got Joe Osman. He'll, he'll be back uh, here moving forward through the offseason. Trayvon Hester at defensive tackle. Uh, you may remember him from the uh, double doink game. He was the one who got the finger tip on that kick from Cody Parkey in the playoffs in 2018. But uh, then you go to a defensive end, Matt Leo. You may not know who he was. He was with the team all season long. He actually was with the team last offseason as well as a part of the NFL's International Player Pathway Program. And I'll tell you what, Matt Leo, really, really interesting player because uh, when I came out, I remember my first day training camp last year, stepping out in the field. I believe he was wearing number 61. I'm looking at who is that guy? He just really looked the part. Obviously still figuring it out as an NFL player, but really, really fun uh, kind of project here for the Eagles to continue to groom. Going to the secondary, handful of names to keep an eye on. Lavert Hill signed with the Eagles on the practice squad late in the 2020 season. He's five, five foot 10, 190 pounds. He was an undrafted free agent this past spring out of Michigan. Now, here was my blurb on Lavert Hill. 
lacks an elite trait, but he has that competitive nature that I want in a corner. And on top of that, he was pretty instinctive and he was natural playing the ball in the air in all areas of the field. I felt that he could play either inside or outside at the next level, but I wanted to see him get a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger. Speed will always be a concern with him, and that may be what keeps him on the inside in the slot. Ironically enough, went to high school with Avante Maddox in Detroit. But I think when you look at Lavert Hill, he was, a, I believe, a three-year starter at Michigan. This is a guy uh, that's played a lot of high-level football. Just obviously the, the speed, the physical concern, that was why he un- ended up going undrafted. But he was a good football player in college. A couple other guys uh, at the cornerback spot. Jamison Houston, another undrafted free agent out of Baylor. He's kind of a corner safety hybrid type player. Signed with the practice squad about midway through the 2020 season with the Eagles. Kayvon Seymour, who played some time uh, in the regular season for the Eagles this past fall. He ended up uh, going through waivers and being signed to a futures contract as well. You know the story by now. Probably uh, did not play for a couple of seasons. Formerly uh, out of USC. Went to the Buffalo Bills. uh, Bounced around a little bit. Then was out of football. Came back and he actually did some nice things uh, in the time that he was on the field for the Eagles this fall. Then suffered an injury and was unable to finish the season. Blake Countess, former sixth round pick in uh, 2016 by the Eagles. Bounced around a little bit but he's got corner safety uh, slot and safety flex Ability and then also can play on special teams. And then speaking of special teams, the last player I want to hit on, Aaron Saipas, a punter that the Eagles signed late last week. Uh, 2020 undrafted free agent from Auburn. He is an Australian uh, football guy you know, in terms of uh, you know his background. He's from Australia. Was with the Detroit Lions throughout the year this year as a practice squad player, but uh, did not play in any games this fall. So uh, those were the futures contracts. The Eagles also extended a one-year contract extension to defensive tackle T.Y. McGill, who actually played a lot of snaps down the stretch the last month of the year for the Eagles. Did some nice things, really quick off the ball, high motor. Uh, I I was pretty impressed with T.Y. McGill. I think he'll compete for a roster spot here uh, for sure as we get into the summer. So uh, good stuff there from a bunch of these guys uh, that will get a chance to see, hopefully, over the course uh, of the spring and certainly into the summer. Uh, Special thanks this week to Mike Quick and all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on Eagles Entertainment. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Duffy House, I'm Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you later this week.